25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to him. They are who we thought they were. When we let them off the hook. I get out of hand, just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey. Hour two of the show has begun. Welcome in to the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents. Competitive rates. Fast service and friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Thank goodness. It's the way it is there at Farm Bureau. Give them a chance if you haven't already. Look them up at favrates.com. Favrates.com. Staying connected to you around the clock. Hour one and hour two because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, where they are customer inspired. Just a reminder, they can fix your phone. Did you know that? If your phone is one you want to hang on to, it's not time to upgrade. You like what you have. Maybe it's relatively new, but you dropped it, stepped on it, kicked it, punted it, drowned it. <laughs> a little banged up, a little rough around the edges. Take your phone into C Spire and they will fix it for you. Just about any location around the state. Look it up at cspire.com. Certified phone repair centers. Any phone from any carrier. Take it in. They can fix it for you. Most times they'll fix it while you wait. Right there. That's at cspire. So if your kid gets a hold of your phone. Yep. Where to go? Man, uh, speaking of kids, Roger, my daughter, um, the back wall of the studio here is one of those chalk walls. Like the whole thing's a chalkboard. The whole wall is. I bet she loves that. Yeah. And she left me a message right behind where I sit. Between um, the Farm Bureau sign and the monitor, um, it says, I love my daddy so much. She drew a line under it and a heart. How cool is that, huh? That's pretty sweet. (laughs) That is pretty sweet. It really is. Hey, um, today is September the 11th, um, 9-11. We all know uh, what it commemorates and what we remember on this day. I've seen so much stuff out there on social media. First thing, really beginning at midnight last night. Yeah, so many things popping up and stories. You know, what's interesting is the entire country really unifies over kind of mourning that occurrence all over again, that terrorist attack. We mourn that all over again every year on this day. Um, you see some of the people who are involved, uh, in the white house with making decisions that day, they go through tweeting their timeline and they kind of do it every year. Um, which is really, you know, it kind of speaks to it just to how just tragic and uh, world altering that whole thing was 18 years ago. I remember where I was. I think everybody remembers where they were. Where were you, Roger? You remember where you were? When it happened? Yeah, I, at, at that time I had to be at work at 8 in the morning, and so I was uh, sitting, you know, how you do before you go to work, just kind of 
having mm-hmm. me a little caffeine in the morning watching uh i was actually watching fox yeah and i uh, saw you know the plane it what it was amazing to me is that there were so many cameras everywhere that they caught so many different angles of it right uh mm-hmm. and then so th- there was that time for a while that you, nobody knew exactly what was going on right you know and like could it be a you know a aircraft just accidentally crashed and then you then you started hearing rumblings from you know the other airliner where the pe- people were able to call out and then mm-hmm. the sitting there watching the the one tower burn when the other one came sailing through the other side of the building it was yeah then you knew mm-hmm. okay that no accident this is definitely terrorism yeah you know and i i'm one of these people i kind of suffer from not having the best memory on, on certain things <laughs> you know um it's like the more recent, the harder time I have remembering it, but it's just weird. But anyway, that was one. So 18 years ago, I was working, uh, Roger, a place I know you're familiar with, WTVA Television, oh, the, yeah. the local NBC affiliate in northeast Mississippi. And, um, yeah, I had to be at work that day at like 8 and um, back then. And so it's 2001. I think we were headed in to film a fishing show that particular day. And so it was going in at eight, and I remember hearing something on the radio. Do you remember? Again, we're talking about almost twenty years ago, Roger. But do you remember a radio DJ that had a popular morning show named Kid Craddock? Oh yeah, love Kid Craddock. Passed away a few years ago. Yeah, passed away a few years ago. I think I was listening to Kid Craddock that morning on the way into work, and they were all live on their show, just kind of like, "Whoa, what's going on?" They were freaking out. And kind of trying to describe what they were hearing and seeing on their televisions. And then I pulled into the TV station there in Tupelo, which is kind of outside of Tupelo, out in the woods near Saltillo. And because of what I'd heard, instead of going in to to where my office was, I walked down into the newsroom. And in the back of the newsroom is the assignment uh, editor back there, a guy named Robert Davidson. He's working at WCBI Television in Columbus now. And Robert was already there. He was, he's was he got that wall of TV monitors where they would just watch all kinds of content throughout the day to see what popped up. And he and about four others were standing there looking at it. I walked up. I stand next to them. We're just staring at the TV back in the newsroom watching one tower on fire. And they said, the people that we were watching it said, you know, Somebody said it was an airplane. They, the plane must have been crashing and, you know, and it accidentally flew into this tower. And as we stood there and watched it, you're watching live coverage from, you know, one of the major news networks. As we're watching it, we see on TV the second plane fly into the second tower. And nobody said anything. Somebody went, whoa, did you see that? And, and I remember Robert Davidson said, they're attacking that's not an accident. <laughs> I, I'll I was never on the phone. Forget the, those uh, words. Radio station here, the morning show, to let them know what was going on. Yeah, so many things were different back then, as far as you didn't have your notifications. So you know, so much has been built out since then, as far as our phones and mobile devices. And so I was just calling him up on the phone, say, "Hey, by the way, uh, this is going on." And uh, then the second plane hit, and I don't think I. I think I could say what I said. I was totally surprised. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I get. That's and, and I think, like you said, around at that instant, everybody's watching this thing live. Everybody 
said you know thought simultaneously wait a minute that's no accident no accident we're being we're under attack yeah right um jason on twitter says he had just gotten to bosnia on a nato un peacekeeping mission within times yeah he says within 12 hours that mission had changed and we were loading ammo onto tanks getting ready to uh, I, I don't know what those abbreviations mean, Jason. I, I wish I could read that. But getting ready to something for Rangers, going to raid some places to catch Al-Qaeda operatives within our area of operations. So he's in the military, 2001. He's in Bosnia. Peacekeeping mission. And within 12 hours, load up the tanks with ammo, and they're basically looking for operatives. It's acting quickly. So the whole thing of never forget, nobody will ever forget. Nobody will ever forget. And I tell you, you know, it's it was only a couple of years ago. Might have even been on Facebook. There was a like a video presentation that someone posted that was pretty graphic. It had some photos and some footage of some things that I had never seen before. You know, of people falling, people jumping. Oh, yeah. And different things. And it's just, you know, once you've seen it, you can never unsee it. It's just it's just stuck in your gut there every time it, it comes to the surface on this day every year, September I, the 11th, every year. I think they named one of the one of the more graphic documentaries that they, they put out, or, you know, is impactful, I would say. Uh, I think they call it uh, Falling Man. Yeah, the Falling Man. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine when you're, you're, your choice is it's better to go ahead and fall mm-hmm. than what's coming behind me. Yeah, that's Man. right. That's right. What a decision. Hope you never have to make that one. Yeah, I know. That's just, I can't um, grasp it. And it's like somebody posted on Twitter earlier today about the time the show started. It was a, a picture that someone had taken as they were exiting the World Trade Center down a flight of stairs, an emergency stairwell. So just a long line of people. Um. And it was as all these people were going down the stairs to try to get out, it was of a fireman going up. Yeah, yeah. And I think the caption on the tweet or whatever was that one thing that we lose sight of so oftentimes is we use the word courage and bravery. We throw it around a little bit too much because real courage and bravery is, you know, heading up those stairs in that situation. Yeah, uh, heading up in a high-rise fire. Yeah, high rise fire. Do you remember? If you remember back, there was when all the towers had kind of they they collapsed down, but there was this one thing left, and it was that stairwell that those people were in. Mm-hmm. Some of them, obviously, yeah, people on the upper stairwell didn't make it, but right, right, yeah, it's just incredible uh, to think about every year on September the eleventh. Uh, let's see on the text line. Someone says, I was just getting up at the baseball dorm at Heinz Community College and thought it was fake that morning. Yeah, he thought it was a hoax. It's always hard to believe. True Maroon on the text line said, he was in the first grade and a teacher was on her computer, saw the news. She turned it on the television in the room and within five minutes, the other plane hit the second tower. And, let's see, and he said, and it was just quiet all day. Yeah. 
George Bush was at a school reading reading that book. Mm-hmm. Right when it happened, and that's another some, image. Get beat up for doing that, but yeah, that's another image that you know everybody remembers is that footage of George Bush and the look on his face when he's reading the book, and someone comes and whispers into his ear, "What's going on?" And he doesn't want to freak out all the kids or right. people there. Yeah. Right. Uh, somebody texted in and said that they were on the treadmill at the Sanderson Center. That would be on Mississippi State's campus. And uh, they say that they didn't think the news was real. They didn't think the news coverage was real. Thought it was, you know, fake in some way. So people have thought there was fake news for a lot longer than uh, since Trump started calling it that. Yeah, I know. So anyway, a tip of the cap, you know, we all kind of remember it. It is a reminder that, you know, um, there's really no way around the idea that there are just people in this world who want to do, do you harm. There are. Um, everybody's lives change. Travel changed. It's nothing personal. Yeah. That's that's the weird thing about it. Mm-hmm. It's firing for effect, so to speak. Yeah, firing for effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so we will never forget. We certainly are remembering today Definitely. and uh, September the 11th. It's just kind of right there. It'll never quite be the same. We'll be talking about it on September 11th next year also. That's for sure. All right, so let's hit the reset button right here. Um, Matt Wyatt Show. I'm him. I'm Matt. Roger's right here also. We're in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. We'll get into some football now with you. You can be a part of the show. Several different ways to do that. You can call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, 995-1059. That's the number to the Divinity phone, 995-1059. And you can also text the show on the text line, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Text away. Love to hear from you that way as well. Uh, I wanted you to hear this. After practice at Mississippi State yesterday, uh, Tommy Stevens, he's the guy in question. He's unquestionably the starting quarterback, and he's been very good in two games, but got banged up left the Southern Miss game before halftime, didn't come back. And so he's the one in question. Everybody's been asking about it day after day. What's his status? What's his status? Well, they talked to him last night after practice. He was not wearing a brace or ice or anything, just had on a shirt like normal, up in the media room taking questions. Uh, The Hale State video crew, which is Hale State Productions, provides uh, this video to the media. That's how I got my hands on it, and this is the audio. All right, so – Tommy Stevens, last night, you get into it, there's a question or two about the injury. So listen up. Good, good. Excited. Um, you know, another another great opportunity ahead of us this week. Um, you know, so doing everything that we can to prepare for our opponent. And, um, you know, we made the corrections from, from last week, and we're ready to move on. How disappointing was it that you were having such a good first half there, and then at one point, all of a sudden you have to sit down and watch? Yeah, yeah, it was, it's tough, but... Um, you know, I was glad that, you know, my teammates were able to, you know, pick up the, the rest of the slack and, um, you know, eventually get the job done. So uh, proud of the guys that were, you know, able to step in and play and, you know, definitely provided some, um, you know, 
experience too, so definitely a good sign. What did you think of Garrett's performance? I was happy. I was really happy with uh, with how he played, and um, I'm pretty sure he said something to you guys about you know us going back to me hosting him on his uh, official at Penn State. So um, you know, really happy for Garrett. He's you know he's taking some big strides this year. So um, you know, really excited for his future. Where did you hit the game, when you hit the field on Saturday? Were you aware in your own mind that I'm about to have a big day? Mm. Yeah, I think you go into games, um, you know. Ex I necessarily, wouldn't necessarily say expecting success, um, but you know you definitely want to have like um, you know good I guess mojo to you and be feeling good. So um, you know that was that was the same. Just like you know I guess every other game that I've played in before, I was happy with the game plan. I, I felt prepared for you know what I was going to be given, and uh, you know overall we were able to execute. From a health standpoint, do you feel pretty close to 100 percent right now? Yeah, no, I feel good. I feel good. Um, you know I think uh, we were doing some things uh, Saturday just to you know better be safe than sorry and. Um, you know, I'm I'm feeling good. Yeah. Do you have any restrictions right now in practice? Or are you able to do everything? I'll leave that for for Coach Morehead to say. So you and Osiris, we, we talked about it in game one, but you guys seem to really have developed some pretty solid rapport. You, what does he do that makes him a good receiver? I think that you know he's a uh, you know a combination of both you know a smart football player and you know obviously a, a physical specimen. He's uh, very talented. Um, as you guys can see, big, strong, fast. Um, and he knows the game really well, so uh, you put those things together, and you obviously have a chance at being very, very successful. So, what have you seen from Kansas State so far? I think it's a team that is, you know, going to play, you know, play hard, uh, fundamentally sound. Um, you know, definitely going to give us some things that, um, you know, we've seen, I guess, in the past. You know, some things from our defense and camp, and um, you know, able to uh, add that with some of the things that they do um, that's separate from you know what we've seen before. So, uh, I think it, you know, presents us a a really good challenge um, and you know overall just have to have a really good week uh, and continue to move forward. We talked to you last week about using nine different receivers in the first game and then this past week you and Garrett between you ten different receivers wow. and you talk about it's not that you're targeting anybody but it's more the positions the matchups. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that how you see it? Yeah yeah I think that, that just comes down to uh, you know the coaches putting together a really good game plan getting everybody involved um, you know it's never a situation where we're thinking um, I can't say never because you know there's some sort of situations where we want guys in certain matchups, so I don't want to say that. But um, you know, it's it's really about what play fits, I guess, at that time. And um, you know, I, I credit the coaching staff; they've done a really good job, at least you know to this point so far. And um, I'm just as fired up about this game plan as I have the last two. All right. So, what do y'all think? Feel free to react to that. I'm. In the Farm Bureau studio, several ways to react. You can tweet me at Radio Wyatt. You can text the show 885-ESPN, 885-3776. Or give me a call on the Divinity Equipment phone. Here is the number to the phone line, 995-1059, 601-995-1059. Feel free to hit me up there. Um, so that was Tommy Stevens, Mississippi State quarterback. After practice yesterday, earlier part of the press conference, he said he feels good. And w when asked, yeah, you know, feels good. But And then a follow-up from one of the reporters was, um, what about going through, are you doing all the drills? Are you kind of held out of some things in practice? And he said, I'll just let Coach Moorhead answer that part of it. 
from a health standpoint, do you feel pretty close to 100% right now? Yeah, no, I feel good. I feel good. Um, you know, I think uh, we were doing some things uh, Saturday just to, you know, better be safe than sorry, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Do you have any restrictions right now in practice? Are you able to do everything? I'll leave that for, for Coach Moorhead to say. So there you go. That was kind of the injury talk, and then they asked him a bunch of other questions too. So what do you think? I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to read it. You know, I've said that I think legitimately it is a day-to-day thing. Um, behind the scenes, you know, not talking to a doctor or a team member, but behind the scenes, you know, you hear some stuff about the possibility of one of those AC joint deals, AC joint separation. I've been through that, and that really legitimately is a day-to-day thing. But as long as it's minor enough where you can't go out and do more damage to it, then there's ways to get through it, shore it up, you know, take a pain pill, something, I don't know, <laughs> and go play a ball game. So, um, you know, we'll see. <clears throat> you know, the biggest thing is, too, with any kind of injury regarding a quarterback, if it involves a throwing arm, something upper body, the, the you know, the biggest thing is, too, can you perform the same way? Um, can you still have the same velocity? Because, you know, one little difference in some of those areas could could make a big difference on one or two throws. And if it turns that into a, from a completion to an incompletion or from an incompletion to an interception, well, now we're talking about a big deal. And so that's another thing that you have to be, you know, the player has to be really, really good and honest uh, with his coaching staff too. So, But hopefully we'll get to see Tommy Stevens play. Jackson State at Tennessee State in Liberty Bowl Stadium Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Trying to get their first win. They're 0-2. That's going to be a tough one. It'll be tough to beat Tennessee State in Memphis. be fun to watch, though. Rolling along in Hour 2. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. the show here in Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Rogers here. I'm here. You can give us a shout on the Divinity phone. 995-1059. Text the show 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Stay with me. Go with the home team. Roger, at this point in your life, you know, I'm in my 40s, you're in your 50s. Do you still dis- do you ever still discover new music that you like? Oh yeah. The way you did when you were a teenager? Yeah. That happened to me. One of the few things I works like it <laughs> like it used to. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. Hey, look, I'm with you. I understand. I found uh, some new, uh, uh, it's new to me, an artist, a band that I'd never heard of. 
Roger, they are called the Tennessee Mafia Jug Band. Hold on now. And their lead singer is a guy named Leroy Troy. What introduced? I found this clip of where the Tennessee Mafia Jug Band, led by Leroy Troy, performed on the Marty Stewart Show. You know who Marty Stewart is? Oh, yeah. Marty Stewart's from uh, down south of here, around the Macomb area, Brookhaven, somewhere down there. Well, maybe Philadelphia. I think it's actually Philadelphia. No, you're right. You're right. It's Philadelphia. Yeah. The He's Marty got a Stewart. big head of hair, doesn't he? He sure does. The Marty <laughs> Stewart. all gone gray now. Yeah, he used to be jet black. <laughs> all right. He's a, he is a, just a music savant. But he had his own show, the Marty Stewart Show, uh, in the TNN days. And you can watch some episodes now, or used to anyway, on that RFD channel, the RFD TV channel. Anyway, yeah. and and I heard the band, I liked it. Listen to this. Listen to this, Roger. Yeah, I know you've got a romantic song picked out. Oh, yeah, i tell you what. What is it? Now, I don't care if you're driving through Possum Holler yeah. or Butcher Holler yeah. or Bristol, Tennessee, I don't care. This will eventually happen to everybody. Well. There's one called... Five pounds of possum, and I'll send it out to all you roadkill enthusiasts. Are you, do I have your interest, Roger? That's that's pretty funny. Do I have your interest here? Yeah. All right, here's the song, Five Pounds of Possum. <laughs> well, my children are hungry. My dog needs a bone. That's good. I'm out of a job now, so I'm just driving home. An hour after sundown, and what to my delight, Five pounds of possum in my headlight tonight. Well, there's five pounds of possum in my headlight tonight. If I can run them over, everything will be all right. See that possum gravy, what a wonderful sight. Five pounds of possum in my headlight tonight. You like it, Roger? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right, ain't it? He plays the banjo really well. There's a killer line in the second verse of this song, Roger. I want you to hear it. Won't have to kill no chickens or open any cans. Well, just a little bit closer and I'll have them in my hands. I think the time has come now to go from dim to bright. There's five pounds of possum in my headlight tonight. Oh, five pounds of possum. Now you can see why I like it, don't you, Roger? <laughs> Five pounds of possum in my headlights tonight. Headlights tonight. I think it's about the time to go from dim to bright. <laughs> now, so upon discovering the Tennessee Mafia Jug Band, Roger. And that song, Five Pounds of Possum, I look to see what other songs they have. They have other huge hits, like this one called Rabbit in a Log. Well, there is a rabbit in the log, and I ain't got no dog. How will I get him my nose? How will get me a briar twisting his hair? That's how I get him my nose. These are actually uh, charted hits, you say? That's 
uh, get me a briar and twist it in his hair. And Amen. and this is my favorite. I was hooked upon finding this other. It's a huge hit, Roger. Huge hit on the billboards from the uh, Tennessee Mafia Jug Band. Well, I'm just gonna play it, okay? It's a take. It's a take on an old favorite. A chicken farmer talked, took a walk out on his farm one day. Hit him in the eye. It was a sight he dreaded. Ghost chickens in the sky. <laughs> 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 Is that what a chicken sounds? Ghost chickens in the sky. Ghost, ghost chickens in the sky. All his bandmates are clucking into the microphones, Roger. <laughs> ghost chickens in the sky. Chasing the chicken herd. Listen to it. <laughs> I'm going to send you the video. Well, Chicken Hawk ought to be. Where are you, him. Chicken Hawk? Chicken Hawk, this is your song. Years or more, killing all them chickens and sending them to fry, and now they want revenge. <laughs> Ghost chickens in the sky. <laughs> you know, you brought me to something. I have a theory on this. Okay, uh, the chicken hear. shortage at Popeyes. You know, they ran out of chicken. Well, chicken I thought sandwich. they ran out of the chicken sandwich. Yeah, the chicken sandwich. I suspect maybe those uh, chicken sandwich parts were being made in the Mississippi, one of our chicken factories that got raided. <laughs> like all the best laid plans of mice and men. <laughs> so you, I mean, think about yeah, they, it. They arrested six hundred people or something. That's probably pretty much the chicken industry. Well, think about it. In Roger. Morton, they did it over Morton and here in Canton. How many chickens could six hundred people process? A lot. And, a lot. I mean, how about three or four different plants? All right. Now, I mean, I, right. It's not, yeah, I said it's not just one. Yeah. So, anyway, check them out, Roger. They're, they're a big hit. Tennessee Mafia Jug Band. Noted hits. Five pounds of possum, rabbit in a log, and ghost chickens. <laughs> <laughs> What a big one. I really enjoyed it when I found it. <clears throat> Five pounds of possum. We need more. The, the music is, is really, you know, like you said, the, the musicianship is outstanding. Yeah. He's a terrible singer. But see, I think if he were a good singer, it wouldn't fit. You know what I mean? I, I think, think you have to be good to fake being that bad. Uh-huh. I think you're right about that. I think you're right. They're good musicians. One of the things that popped up, we were talking about Marty Stewart, who's from Philadelphia. Um, one of the clips that popped up was of Marty Stewart performing on television with, is it Lester Flat from Nashville? Oh, yeah. You know, he got started uh, touring with those guys. Uh-huh. Fact, he was a, a well, really young young cat. That's right. He was on. I mean, he, the kid couldn't have been 14 years old. You ever meet him? 
Yes, I've met him one time. Then, then if you ever see him again, he will remember you. That's the way he is. I've really? Seen it. I've seen him several times. And I remember a, our bus driver, one of our, we took a bunch of folks over to a concert, and he was there. And I got him backstage to meet the Marty. He started introducing. No, he started telling him who he was, who his mom and them were. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Yeah, How about that? that? Yeah. That's cool. Real personable guy. I thought they, they were building a Marty Stewart Museum over there. I need to check in on that and see if it's still happening. All right, we'll come back, wrap it up with you next on this hump day. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Yeah, there was news coming out of uh, the season opener in the NFL for the Oakland Raiders that hits close to home. According to ESPN, Oakland Raiders rookie safety Jonathan Abram, first-round pick, will undergo shoulder surgery on Friday that could end his season after one game. I think what I saw was rotator cuff, and something else damaged in there, and it's all got to be replaced. Yeah. So he had some big hits in that ball game the other night too. Um, but anyway, Abram shoulder injury, and that's something healthy your entire college career. You get up there, you're healthy throughout the preseason. You play one NFL game, and bang, hurt surgery, out for the year. Fortunately, stuff just happens. A few people were asking what that was and maybe had not seen the details, but that's what I saw. Rotator cuff and some ligaments got to be repaired. May end his season. One game into his rookie year. All right, here's some news. We kind of started the show on a similar subject today, but news story pops up that Adds a little more uh, context into the discussions out there in the college sports world. Today, the NCAA proposed legislation in California aimed at giving college athletes a chance to earn money while in school. The NCAA didn't do it. I read it wrong. The the NCAA is saying that this proposed legislation... It's known as the Fair Pay to Play Act. NCAA is saying it is harmful, unconstitutional, and would, quote, upend the balance of national competition in college sports. It's harmful, unconstitutional, and would, quote, upend the balance of national competition in college sports. The organization's Board of Governors sent a letter Wednesday to California Governor Gavin Newsom asking that the state not pass the bill. Well, they're going to pass it. California State Senate expected to vote on the Fair Pay to Play Act this week, which would then put it in the governor's hands to decide whether he's going to sign it into law or not. 
The legislation is proposed, by the way. It would go into effect until 2023, and it would make it illegal for California schools to take away an an athlete's scholarship or eligibility as punishment for accepting endorsement money. So it's going to be a legal issue. The California State Assembly approved the bill with a 73 to nothing vote earlier this week. They're going to win every championship if they're the only state. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Right? They got, they're crazy like a fox. Uh, no doubt. Well, if they pass this, if they if this passes, which, okay, look, the, the California State Assembly approved the bill 73 to zip. It would, it would not go into effect until th- 2023. I read that wrong also. So it, it wouldn't start until 2023. Um, but if it goes in and the governor signs it into law and it goes into effect in 2023, then beginning then any player can take endorsement money. That's the word endorsement money. So any athlete, college athlete could take endorsement money and this law would make it illegal For the school, and by way of the NCAA, to take away their scholarship or their eligibility as punishment for accepting the endorsement money. That's the tangled web we weave right now. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. You never can. It's it's hard to figure out sometimes where California makes good decisions. Tell you one thing, though, they didn't hesitate on this, did they? 73 to nothing? So the NCAA obviously opposes the bill because it would mean that California's NCAA members like UCLA and USC and Stanford, it would mean they wouldn't be able to enforce this thing, right? They wouldn't be able to enforce it according to NCAA rules. So then what if it goes into effect in 2023? Then what? Oh, well, then they punish the schools. They punish the schools. What yeah, would they so do? Punish anyway. You never punish the kids. No, the NCAA should severely sanction any California school that participates. So any California school. So, and I'm thinking, how would the NCAA they body this, do it? Well, they said it sounds like they wrote it so that to protect the student. Okay, but you know, but what you're saying is the NCAA would then probably just go. The NCAA would probably just go, okay, look, because of this, UCLA, USC, we're not going to, the NCAA is not going to sanction any sporting events that you participate in. Right. And you're not going to be eligible to participate in the national championship, all this. They're not doing themselves any favors, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think this is the way to go about it. I'm not opposed to paying them either. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, California just, they're always deciding they're going to be the one. That makes changes, and they're like you said. Yeah, a lot of times they're wrong. A lot of times they are wrong. Um, NCAA like not burning off the brush, you know, because of whatever reason. Then when the fires came, there was no breaks. You know. Yeah. Kind of bad laws. Okay, according to some reporting that's going on out here, it says that the NCAA is open to the idea of updating its rules. According to the chair of the NCAA Board of Governors. Michael Drake, 
They want those changes to be made on a national scale rather than state by state. Drake is the president at Ohio State. He told ESPN that the whole NCAA thing, on the NCAA side of this, they are, quote, working actively to look at ways to modernize its approach to name, image, and likeness restrictions. Modernize it. You know, I've heard people throughout college athletics say that they they don't see it going to just across the board, coast to coast. Yeah, feel free to monetize your name, image, and likeness. Just whatever. Just go ahead. Like, they don't see that <laughs> happening. So it's like, well, what? If it's, that's not going to happen, then what's going to happen? Drake said he's eagerly awaiting the recommendations of the working group. <laughs> they got a board of governors and a working group, Roger. Well, they got enough money from the basketball. Drake, <laughs> who represents the NCAA and his fellow board members, finished up their letter to Governor Newsom in California by asking California to be a, quote, constructive partner in our efforts to develop a fair name, image, and likeness approach to all 50 states, not just one state. When asked if it's fair, their NCAA rules are fair, Ohio State President Michael Drake said that the rules need to evolve. His quote is, well, fair is an interesting word. <laughs> That's a quote. Well, fair is an interesting word. We need to look at the rules carefully. He said that his understanding uh, broadly of name, image, and likeness and the implications of those restrictions has changed really over the last several years and continues to evolve. Lots of big umbrella language and stuff. I don't know. I just, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Look at if they, if they do it for all 50 states, if they open this thing up to name, image, and likeness, then, it, you know, I mean, look, what's it going to be? It's going to be a, like a legitimate one or two athletes in every state. So let's say a maximum of 100 athletes out of thousands and thousands and thousands who legitimately are big enough stars that their name and likeness is going to be sought by big companies and corporations in those right. states. And the rest of it, is going to be promises to recruits. Okay? That's what it's going to be. <laughs> and not many of those recruits is worth paying much, right? I mean... Well, no. It's just... It's like this. This is what it's going to be, Roger. Hey, listen. We're not going to violate any rules right now. But the way this will happen, see, is you sign with us, and then, uh, you know, we'll hook you up, and you'll be representing so-and-so car dealership once you get on campus. And they'll put you in some commercials and... You'll, do a, you'll voice a couple of radio ads for them, and they can just pay you for that. What are they going to pay you? Uh, just trust me, it'll be plenty. Or you'd be like um, James, Jameis Winston. Yeah. And, uh, be the spokesman for the Kroger Seafood Department. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Are these, you know, name and likeness, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who get this money, what about paying taxes on that? Because it's not going to be tax-free, right? So should pay taxes, of course. Will they keep up with it, or will they – I guess they'll all hire CPAs. Well, we'll, if this passes or if something like this happens, will college athletics departments have on-staff CPAs? Well, if it's only a few people that that matter. Oh, but the name and likeness, though, if they they work into that where they could do the NCAA college football video games, I guess they could actually use the players' likenesses so everybody could get in on it. Right. That's right. Somebody on the text line is calling it the Reggie Bush bill. (laughs) Is that what it is? The way you're 
describing it though, it is one way to to deal with Title Nine because yeah. you know you're just you're just paying the very people who are involved. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's the only the way. The government. The fact is, what this boils down to is it's the only way to open up the cheating and recruiting, as we call it now, across the country, without affecting the Title Nine laws. That's what it is. All right, we'll do it again tomorrow, y'all. See you tomorrow. See you. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.